Today's gospel lesson for the fourth Sunday after Pentecost comes from Matthew chapter 10, verses 40 through 42. Jesus says to his disciples, whoever welcomes you welcomes me, and whoever welcomes me welcomes the one who sent me. Whoever welcomes a prophet in the name of a prophet will receive a prophet's reward, and whoever welcomes a righteous person in the name of a righteous person will receive the reward of the righteous, and whoever gives even a cup of cold water to one of these little ones in the name of a disciple, truly I tell you, none of these will lose their reward. The Gospel of the Lord. Well, people of God, grace and peace to you in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. I've often heard it said that there are a limited number of stories out there, even though we tell them in a variety of different ways and in a lot of different forms and a lot of different mediums. Basically, every story winds down to a very similar type of situation. And there's one in particular that kind of stands out in my attention today, and that's the sports movie. Perhaps you're familiar with these. Maybe you've seen them. I think there's a lot of them out there. The general sense is usually you have a team that's kind of been pushed to the side and no one thinks very much of them. And then out of nowhere, a coach or a leader of some sort grudgingly comes in to take over. And, and, and at first, they don't do much, but then they turn their attention towards the team. And gradually, the team improves and they become a great united front. And usually, it ends with them winning the big game at the end. I'm sure you're familiar with this type of movie. There's been lots of them. One in particular is standing out in my attention today, and that's going back quite a ways, clear back to 1992, and the movie The Mighty Ducks. Now, you might be familiar with this. They actually made a couple of sequels uh, in the years following, but The Mighty Ducks follows that exact thing to the letter, that exact plot that I, I mentioned a moment ago. This one focuses in on a youth hockey league or a youth hockey team and they're they're so bad that they don't even have a name they're just a district team and this this former child phenom hockey player because of community service ends up becoming their coach and just like i said at first he kind of ignores them but then he begins to give them their attention and he coaches them and they become this wonderful team and eventually they win the big game just like the whole plot is, is laid out. But the, there's one moment in particular that really is standing out in my memory. And the reason that I bring this up, it's a training moment, really about the first time that the coach starts to coach them. And if you're familiar with hockey, you know it's played on ice. They're skating around. They have hockey sticks, and there's a puck that they're flipping around, and they're trying to get in the net in order to score a goal. And in the first exercise that the new coach gives them, he's trying to teach them how to pass the puck. And in order to really teach them the proper way to do that, instead of using a hockey puck, he's using eggs. And he says, flip the eggs to each other and receive them. Now think about it. What happens if you slide an egg really hard and you, it just smacks up against your hockey stick? It's going to break, right? And that's the whole point. And he tells them, when someone passes you the puck, you don't take it, you receive it. You accept it. You bring it in carefully, and that's how you receive the puck in it, and that's how he's teaching them this process. Now, I want you to just kind of store that idea away because it's that idea of accepting something or receiving something. That's where I'm really connecting in with our gospel for today. Now, if you've been tuning into our past videos or if you've heard any of the sermons or if you've been coming to the outdoor, you've probably caught this theme that we've been in for 
for several weeks in a row now. Going back several weeks and about a chapter in Matthew's gospel, we have Jesus inviting his 12 disciples to join with him in the early days of the ministry that he is doing, the earliest aspects of his ministry that are going on before his death and resurrection. We've talked about this before. I won't go into great detail, but he tells them, he empowers them to to cast out demons. He empowers them to heal diseases. He empowers them and he tells them, go and proclaim the good news that the kingdom of heaven has come near. Now, I've talked about that before, but I'm going to hit that point again because I think that's important. This is the ministry that Jesus is up to. If we look back through Matthew's gospel, the first thing that we hear Jesus say as he begins his ministry, the kingdom of heaven has come near. And if we back up even farther than that to his precursor, the one who came before him, John the Baptist, we hear the exact same message. Repent for the kingdom of heaven has come near. That really seems to be the theme of this ministry that Jesus is up to, that all the different things that he's doing, the miracles he's he's performing, the 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 action of raising people from the dead, which we do hear that he does a couple of times, the, the proclamation that he makes is all about the reality of the kingdom of heaven coming near to us now, in our age now, both for him in that moment as well as for us now today. That's the ministry that he's invited the disciples into. And then, over the course of the entire chapter, all of chapter 10, Jesus is giving them a rundown of what they can expect, what they can anticipate to happen as they join in this ministry. He points out to them, even at this early point in the ministry, that I have faced opposition. Some have accepted, some have heard the message, some have not. Some have openly opposed it. Some have called me a demon. Some have called me son of the devil. Some have have called me all sorts of things, a blasphemer or whatever. All these things have happened to Jesus, and he tells them the same thing's going to happen to you. Don't think that you're going to be treated any better when you're carrying the same message, when you're joining in the same ministry that I am. That has gone on, and he's talked about some of the good aspects. He's talked about some of the not-so-great aspects, and he culminates it. It wraps up with this brief little three-verse passage that we had today. Now, again, he's talked about it. Some will accept you. Some won't. Some will receive what you have to say. Some won't. Some will welcome you with hospitality. Some won't. And then he says, remember, whoever welcomes you welcomes me. And whoever welcomes me welcomes the one that sent me. And then he talks about these little aspects of of those who receive a disciple will receive a disciple's reward. Those who receive a prophet will receive a prophet's reward. And then he says, those who even give a cup of cold water to one of these little ones in the name of the disciple will not lose the reward. So Jesus is talking, I think, about the idea of hospitality. The idea that as you go and join in this ministry, not only will some have to either accept or deny that which you are saying, that which you are doing, that's that ministry which you are participating in, but they will also accept you. They will show you hospitality. And we see that aspect if we compare this portion with a similar situation in a couple of the other Gospels. You might be familiar with the idea of the sending of the 70. They go out two by two. This is another aspect of that same ministry that Jesus embarks in or brings them into just in a different Gospel. And we really hear in those other Gospels how important the hospitality is. That proclaim the good news to the ones who welcome you into their home. I think all of that is tied together, and it's really different aspects of this idea of, of being welcomed or being, being invi- not invited, but being 
uh, received or being accepted. And, and that's the same idea that I brought up with the whole hockey puck situation. Now consider this whole situation. Consider this whole overarching deal. They're joining in the ministry. Within the ministry that they are doing, they need to be accepted and shown hospitality to those who they are ministering to. And then their ministry itself must be received, must be accepted. And as we hear, sometimes it is and sometimes it isn't. Now, what I really appreciate about this whole thing, I love how honest Jesus is. I love how upfront he is that, hey, it's not always going to be peachy. There's going to be times when it really kind of stinks and not everyone is going to understand what you're trying to do. And as I looked around, not only this chapter, but I looked at what comes up right after this in chapter 11, and we hear that John the Baptist, the same one who proclaimed the same message that Jesus did at the beginning, repent for the kingdom of heaven has come near. Now he's in prison and he hears what Jesus is doing and how the ministry itself is manifesting in Jesus and also with his disciples. And he doesn't quite get it. And he sends his followers off to Jesus like, hey, are you really the one that we're looking for or should we look for someone else? Not even John the Baptist, not even the guy who started the same ministry that Jesus is also continuing and taking it in new directions, of course, but the same ministry, the same message, not even he is able to accept the way that it's manifesting. And I think that's a good lesson for us to remember, that not everyone's going to agree with us. Not everyone is going to understand or accept or be open to this ministry, to this good news, to this gospel that we proclaim. That's, a, that's true for the disciples. That's true for us now. And that will continue to be true throughout the course of this age, as it's described in, in the scriptures. So what do we do with that? What do we take from this? Where is the good news in this ongoing realization, this ongoing recognition that when we join in the ministry of Jesus, that it's going to be a mixed bag of results? Well, it continues to be the same thing. We remember what it means that the kingdom of heaven has come near to us in the first place. We remember the truth that God so loved the world and now I'm hitting John's gospel, but you know I love it anyway, that God so loved this world, God takes so much delight in the creation of this world that God made it and it's good, and God made it and it's good, and then God made humanity, bearing the divine image, God calls it very good. We are the culmination. God loved all this so much that despite the brokenness that also exists, God chose to enter into it as one of us to do something about it, to overcome that brokenness that exists despite the joy and the delight that God takes in us. That's the good news of the gospel. That's what we receive. Now, when I think about the idea of receiving something, especially here in our Lutheran expression of faith, my brain goes to the sacraments. And the teaching that I do when, I, when I'm trying to help folks understand the sacraments, either holy baptism or holy communion, and what does it take for something to be a sacrament? Well, we need the physical element, the water or the bread and wine. We need the promise of God that is spoken, that is spoken with it. Either the claim of God is, I claim you, I baptize you in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, and you are claimed as beloved child, or that the body and the blood are broken and shed for you and for all people for the forgiveness of sins. That's the promise that is spoken, and we receive it in faith. We accept it in faith. It comes to us, and we receive it. Now, I want to make a distinction. I want to make a point here. As I compare all of this with a hockey movie and accepting a puck, or better yet, accepting an egg, 
I don't want to give the impression that when it comes to the promises of God spoken over us and we receive it, that we have to do some sort of physical action, that we have to work for it, that we have to do something in order to receive this promise of God. The action that we see in this is already done. Because think about if someone passes you a hockey puck, before you can get it, someone has to send it, right? And it has already been sent by God. That is the action that is done on the part of God through the life and the death and the resurrection of Jesus 2,000 years ago. The action of faith, the action of joining together, of accepting, of receiving this good news that the kingdom of heaven has come near and it is for you, that action was done by God through Jesus 2,000 years ago. And it was the same for the disciples then, and it's the same for us now, and it will be the same for all people throughout all of this age. The action of salvation, the action of, of reconciling the world, or I should say redeeming the world, has already been done through Christ. And we are invited, we are asked to join in the work of proclaiming that good news. That it's not about what you have to do, it's about what God has already done for you out of divine.